Hello, welcome to the Thursday, January 13th, 2022 edition of the Sands and its Storm Center's Stormcast. My name is Johannes Ulrich, and today I'm recording from Jacksonville, Florida. CVE 2022-21907, the HTTP Sys vulnerability patched by Microsoft in Tuesday's patch update is still, well, uh, the big news item here, but really not much new about it. Uh, no real talk about any exploits coming out or any proof of concepts or anything like that. Also, no real details about the nature of the vulnerability at this point. You can take this as a good sign that it will take a while for an exploit to be actually released, but I wouldn't let off on patching. Uh, definitely uh, keep patching. Try to get this patch rolled out, in particular the public-facing system, as much as possible by the end of this week. Looking at prior vulnerabilities in HTTP.sys, uh, they have turned out to be difficult to exploit in part because of some of the memory protections and such being built into HTTP.sys and kernel mode drivers like this. So we may never really see a sort of a great remote code execution uh, exploit for this, but all it takes is one. And uh, yes, it's certainly possible. May just take, for example, some additional vulnerabilities that leak some of the kernel space information or such that may be needed in order to exploit this vulnerability. At least uh, things like this have been done in prior similar vulnerabilities. Just to summarize what we know or assume so far, I published an FAQ about this vulnerability and the link will of course be in the show notes. Sometimes we're just lucky and researchers give us some time before they publish all the details. As one example, some sonic wall vulnerabilities with a CVSS score of 9.8 that were patched at the beginning of December are now well uh, exploitable in the sense that there is a blog post that was now published uh, by Rapid7 with additional details regarding these vulnerabilities. This affected the SMA models 200, 210, 400, 410, and 500V. And this is also an unauthenticated remote code execution vulnerability. So if you're using these devices, double check that they're patched. Uh, we have seen these types of vulnerabilities heavily exploited in the past. And then we got an update from Apple for iOS and iPadOS. We are now up to version 15.2.1. There is a single security vulnerability being addressed in this update, and that's the HomeKit vulnerability that I mentioned before. It's a simple denial of service vulnerability if you have a HomeKit device with a very long name. Also some forth and back in particular between T-Mobile and Apple about interfering with iCloud private relay. This is this sort of simple VPN-like service that Apple introduced uh, recently. Not really clear what's going on here, but essentially Apple says that T-Mobile sort of blocked that service. T-Mobile said that a recent change in iOS 15.2 caused service from being disabled. If you're using the service, double check and make sure that it is actually enabled and working. Now let me have more details regarding another vulnerability at Microsoft patch this week, and that's CVE 2022-2189-3. It does affect good old RDP, the remote desktop protocol. 
In this case, exploitation seems to be relatively easy, but the threat model, the scenario here is a little bit more tricky in the sense that it would allow multiple users connected via RDP to the same machine to access each other's sessions. So for example, to gain access to the clipboard or other content being exchanged as part of these RDP sessions. Lots of details in the CyberArk blog about how to possibly exploit this vulnerability. One particular interesting version of this exploit is actually gaining access to smart cards being used by other users over RDP. And Cisco's Talos research team has a write-up about a set of uh, remote access tools, uh, Nanocore, Netwire, Async, Red, that uh, are taking advantage of public cloud infrastructure. Now, Overall, that's of course nothing that new. Most attacks these days have sort of these public cloud infrastructure components to them. This one distinguishes itself somewhat by using duckdns.com as a dynamic DNS service. So that's something that you don't see every day and uh, that uh, may be actually a good indicator of compromise to quickly search for. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. And if you like the podcast, again, spread the word. And thanks for listening and talk to you again tomorrow.